They're evil. Set signs of evil. But you can't go world famous. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. 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 Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Round table show. If you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN. Alright, welcome to another episode of The Roundtable Show Live, right here on PSN Radio. This is Sunday night, September 16th, that's right, 2018, and we have a hell of a show for you tonight, folks. Joining me as usual is the one and only, the man leading the charge for the Snyder Cut, that's right, Mr. Zod Ryder. Zod, welcome to the show, sir. Good evening, Jackal. And with us, as usual, the mouth of the south, east, west, wherever the hell he's at, Johnny Alpha. Welcome to the show, sir. Sir, I do. Tonight we have a hell of a show, like I said earlier. We're ditching the top ten list, but uh, we got news on that. We also have some news breaking from the world of DC, of Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck out as Batman and Superman, and a whole lot of stuff going on in the world of fan and geekdom, but uh, let's start off with our own personal house and clear some uh, some news here. Uh, gentlemen, uh, again, like I said at the start of the show, we're no longer doing the top 10, uh, you know, personal top 10 list, and uh, from now on we're going to uh, do only the box office results at the end of the show. Um, I feel good about that. What do you guys think? Charlie? Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, we always kind of struggle to come up with it, and I think we've done a couple of the same ones a few times, like, you know, our favorite one-liners. and our, We, we, we kind of come up with different leads each time we did it, but we kind of rehashed some stuff. So it, it's going to be kind of cool that um, the kind of format we were kind of talking about, maybe going with it later. Now, the idea is, guys, is we're going to uh, put the uh, personal top tens in uh, in YouTube from now on. It's going to be maybe once a week, maybe once a month, depending on how we are able to record it. But this way we get more content out to the YouTube uh, land and for YouTubers uh, to go through. And it keeps the podcast a little bit more, you know, a little bit more active. Uh, for us to be able to stretch out our theme and, and talk about, you know, how we feel about the uh, main topic of the day. And of course, it, uh, it helps, uh, organize the show a little bit better. I think, uh, it, it kind of confused audiences a little bit when you have the top 10 personal lists and then you have the box office top 10 at the end of the show. Uh, and, you know, it always felt a little rushed. Now we don't have to rush things. We can really kind of like, Go in depth into the um, main theme. And again, tonight's main theme will be, how the hell do you fix Warner Brothers in DC after the news came out this week that Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill might both be gone in their respective roles. But before we get to that, Johnny Alpha, what's on the round table for the news of the week? Dealing in the world of geekdom, not dealing in the main topic or the main theme, but other news that's uh, out there that we can go over real quick. Well, we got another um, really cool video for um, trailer for Battle Angel Alita, which yes. looks pretty cool. Um, there's some kind of funny Doctor Strange news that you kind of showed me, and I, uh, that might be kind of fun since we're all. So I'm somewhat a Doctor Who fan. You guys are big fans, mm-hmm. and um, there's going to be a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. We can maybe cover that and see how excited we are for an extended Agatha Christie universe. And mm-hmm. um, and there's some sad news for 
Underworld movie fans like myself. I'm a huge Kate Beckinsale fan, and I read a tragic headline for that. And um, that's kind of it. Everything else I saw really, really related to our main theme of tonight. So it was all had to do with um, who might direct and who might cast the next big DC project that we're going to cover a lot. So those are kind of like if we don't eat up all of our time on the main topic, those might be kind of fun little things we could tackle, huh? Indeed, where do you want to start out, Johnny? I'm going to give you the, uh, the, the starting point. I say we just get right into the to the main main point. I mean, well, no, we've all... we're going to go through the news first, and then we'll get to the theme, you know, of, of the show. But what's uh, the first news you want to tackle here, real quick? Oh, well, let's do the Doctor Strange one. Doctor I mean, Strange, Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Who, Doctor, Doctor Who. Who, yeah. My Doctor Who is strange these days. She kind of is, and she's kind of cute. But um, <laughs> apparently she is not going to boff any of her companions. And how do you guys feel about that as huge fans? Uh, Zod, how do you feel about Doctor Who not having uh, intercourse? I don't care. Have you lost uh, your uh, fandom for Doctor Who? Is that what's going on? No. I, you know what? I pay attention to Doctor Who through Big <laughs> Finish, which is the audio uh, company that puts out regular monthly Doctor Who adventures right. with past doctors. So that's the stuff that I that I listen to as far as Doctor Who. I haven't completely lost all interest in the upcoming Doctor Who, but I just it's just been kind of uh math for me as far as the information. I really haven't been paying attention to trailers and different things that they've released promotionally wise for this upcoming season of Doctor Who. I'm gonna wait and reserve judgment until I've actually gotten a chance to watch a couple episodes before I make my decision because see, this is different from what we got before, apart from the fact that, you know, she it's a female playing the character. The idea is that it's gonna go in a completely different direction. This is a new showrunner, it's all new stuff. So, you know, sex really hasn't been a big part of Doctor Who you know, throughout anyway. So, I mean, with the exception of a few, you know, a few of the doctors having a, well, a couple of the doctors having a crush on uh, Rose Tyler, I, I don't really remember much sex going on in the TARDIS anyway. So, I mean, it's really a, it's really a non-issue as far as I'm concerned. One of the doctors even cloned himself so he could end up with Rose. Right. She was pretty hot. That was the uh, that was one of that was the clone of the tenant doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which ironically enough was a clone of what his right hand, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he could be more apropos than that. You know, <laughs> that really <laughs> sums it you up. You guys know what I'm saying? That's the hand that I mean. You know, I'm just saying that's the hand that only. Yeah, that's the one that feeds the need once in a while. Johnny, what do you feel about that? Um, well, I'm, I, like I said, like I've had a passing interest. I haven't watched so much of it. I don't remember Chris Eccleston like ever getting intimate with any of the anybody on the he show. Was in love with Christopher Eccleston's doctor was in love with Rose. That was the start of it. You had Christopher Eccleston and you had David Tennant, and those were the two doctors where it was conceivable that they were that they were boffing their female companions. But beyond that, I don't think. Um, I don't think any other ones after that really showed any interest in that. Um, 
that booty. Shake that booty. I, mean, I, think, I think I do remember an episode, though, where uh, Martha Jones came on to uh, David Tennant's doctor, and he turned her down flat because he didn't See? want her. He didn't that, want another Rose Tyler situation where he was. You know, it's funny. Jody Whittaker was supposed to be on uh, as I think one of the companions for Matt Smith when he was running as a doctor. Yeah, and yeah, it's I, funny because uh, you know we we're talking about you know doctor being sexualized or whatever, or, you know having a, a sexual relationship with his companion. Uh, they're both kind of like it, it comes off of their. She's going to be kind of a goofy doctor, kind of like a Matt Smith was. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, there's going to be no sex on this doctor. But if she would have been on Matt Smith, you know, era as his companion, I could have seen them having, like, a romantic hookup. It would have been really funny on screen because they kind of have, like, a similar vibe to them. So I One think thing I really like about the two of them, about her, about Jodie Whittaker, is that she she has, she makes a lot of, if you've noticed, I, I mean, from the little bit of, like, the promotional information I've seen, she makes a lot of really funny faces. She has a really, I mean, it's really like Matt Smith. kind of doctory, yeah, the, the like Matt Smith, you know, but she, but I mean, she does that, like, that, that, you know, that excitement in her face, that, that very doctor-like, you know, um, whimsicalness that, that that various actors who have played the role before have. So that's really a good thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the main things that made them pick her. Aside from the fact that she, you know, that she's female and they want female leads for everything nowadays. That that's what I that's what I think it is. I mean, she she really exudes that and that's a good quality to have if you're going to play the doctor. So Yep. Now, uh, as far as uh, that comment you just made about they want females for everything, um, the way the Doctor Who show has kind of you know, stretched out the last few years, I mean, she probably will be on for three seasons anyway. Three series, and that should be gone. So they're going to probably be you know, thinking about rebooting with a whole new actor in the next couple of years. Well, they do, I think they so. do that every, every few years with Doctor Who, though, now. Uh, hasn't that hasn't that like been the case with like That's the last the few doctors? There's been a trend since they brought it back. I mean, Eccleston is the only one that went one season. After that, it, you know, it's been three seasons, three seasons, three seasons, and I think that might be the trend that we continue seeing forward with Doctor Who, including Jodie Whittaker. I think she'll probably get three seasons, and then bam, new Doctor Who. And I, I think that's just the way that you know they're doing it to keep us, you know, fresh and keep it, you know, new and and, and current. But here's the kicker: keeping it new and current, they're moving the show from Saturdays to Sundays now. Uh, <laughs> talk about a big switch, so it'll be on Sunday nights. Uh, I think they're trying to ruin us, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? Because that's that's a huge change. Saturday night for the last uh, what decade, it's called like Doctor Who night. Now it's Sunday night. That's to me even more weird than a female doctor at this point. It's so funny because they because it's like that that company, the audio company I was talking about, like Big Finish. A lot of times they'll put out their new releases like on Sunday, so that you can get you get the you get the new episode of Doctor Who on Saturday, and then on Sunday you you check out the new you know whatever new monthly release that they put out. And it's funny because it's like you're, you're yeah you're going to be changing an entire way that people have been doing things for so long. I mean, change is good in some ways, but a lot of times, you know, it's not good if it's been working. 
So I don't know what I don't know what it is. It's almost like it's a paradigm shift of some type. Is it a big night for their television? That, that's the question. If, it, if that means it's either getting moved up or bumped down to a better <laughs> slot or a worse slot. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure about how British TV works. I mean, over here it's Wednesdays and Thursdays are like the really good right. night to try to get them. Use a you know I. I you know, I, I got that uh, the the um, that BBC player to check out you know stuff as it airs on the BBC. I used it through the. If you use a VPN, you can access the BBC uh, live stream. Oh no, stuff. I've gone cross-eyed. Too many letters. What BBC VPN? What are you talking about? Use a VPN. You can access through the web. You can access. You can go into. You can log into the internet as though you're in uh, you know the UK and you can access their you know their live streams or whatever they have with the BBC because if you're a if you're a, a resident of England you can actually you can see all the their TV and stuff live through their 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 so website. So you'd be watching there. some Downton Abbey. You've been like, well, like you can watch. I mean, you can watch all that stuff. And what I'm saying, <laughs> is, watch some Downton Abbey. Yo, dog, I need to see the new Downton Abbey before it gets released over yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, that's just been great for great for Doctor Who is what I'm saying. Like you can watch it on the, you know, watch it when they get it because they get it before we do. So. Yeah, they get everything before we do. They even get like our superhero movies before we do. It's like well, when guys, the does... guys, what? Doctor Who is a British show, and that's the BBC's. Yeah, properties. Captain America is an American hero, and his movies come out in England before they come out here. Oh, so it's well, pretty funny. Like I, I'm not, I'm if I'm not mistaken, last time I used Netflix through the VPN to go to uh, the UK version of Netflix, they had the new Ant Man movie already. So. All I'm saying is, you know, it's kind of because it's a different region and you can you can access different. I mean, it's it's really amazing how how different even the Internet is through that type of through that type of environment. But as far as like what we were talking about with how it's going to change for like UK viewers, I don't know. It seems like everybody streams everything on demand nowadays anyway. So maybe that's why maybe moving the date isn't that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see if Sunday night turns out to be the death of Doctor Who. Even though I doubt it. Now, the ratings are really bad this season, though. Uh, do you think they might speed up this uh, regeneration process and that, uh, you know, ditch Jody? Because <laughs> I don't even think they filmed all the episodes yet. No, so no, no. Point, if they get to a point, because this is so experimental and so new, you know, and never been done in the whole 50-odd-year history of the, sh of the show, if if she gets, you know, if she sucks, they can, yeah, they can speed up the regeneration, and then, you know, you're going you're gonna to end up having, like, Idris Elba as the next Doctor. Yeah, I that's mean, exactly what I was going to go to next. I was <laughs> like, who do you guys think they'll get next, Idris? And I was like, fucking Zod dropped it before I could. Hell yeah. You know, you know it's, it's crazy because... <laughs> It's crazy because it is kind of odd going from like six year old Capaldi to uh, Jody, you know, Whitley, Whitley, whatever her name is. Uh, it's kind of odd. It's kind of, it's going from an old man to a young bride. I mean, come on, really? That's a little bit weird, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what the BBC has. Uh, now, going next on the list here, what else we have in the round table? She's only 36, so she is very young compared yeah. to Peter Capaldi. <laughs> that's, that's a weird transition, man. I don't know if I can make that with you. Well, because the next doctor is going to be is going to be a transgender Muslim woman. God, I'm not. I would be. 
Never that's, that's progressive. <laughs> but you're getting next. <laughs> you know what? You know what's next? RuPaul is seducted. <laughs> For real, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> I can actually see that. Jimmy Alpha, what's next on the rough table? <laughs> oh, before I get to that, I gotta ask Nick, Scott something really quick. Uh, uh, yes. Since you watch those, you listen to those audio shows. Have you checked out the one for the prisoner yet? Because like I saw in the back of a new prisoner comic book that they got one. I absolutely love it. They've got actually they've actually got two series, which is which is the equivalent of two seasons, and it is wonderful. It is. Very, very close. It's a remake of the original TV show, and it follows very, very closely to the spirit of the TV show. The guy that they got doing the voice for The Prisoner sounds a lot like Patrick McGowan. I give them a lot of credit. They went all out for it. So it, it's wonderful. If, you, if you're if you a fan of The Prisoner, you'd really, you'd really like it. By the way, guys, you know how the, every doctor has, like, you know, they're saying, like, um, Eccleston is fantastic. And um, Tennant has what was Tennant uh, saying? Um, Stroll, right? Alonzi. Alonzi, no. right, right, right. Now, if RuPaul was Cass's doctor, <laughs> guess what his saying would be? That's Shantae, 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 Shantae. Everybody in the TARDIS, okay? No? Oh, perfect. I wonder what uh, Jody Whitaker's catchphrase is going to be. <laughs> It'd be so funny if it was something goofy. It was like tips. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'll work. So moving on because we uh, we're short on time here. We got more news. Go ahead, uh, Johnny. What uh, what else uh, do we say we have uh, on the round table? And I got a couple things that uh, that I'm gonna bring up here in a minute. But uh, what else you got there for us? Uh, the sequel to um, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, did you guys even like know that they were planning to do one or? Do you care? Or is it Agatha Wasn't Christie's the, shared universe something that you're interested in? <laughs> Wasn't that the one with, with uh, you know, is that the one with Daisy Ridley? Yeah. And with okay. all the mustaches. There was like yeah, a lot of awesome mustaches in that movie. Except for Henry Cavill's. I heard, have, I heard Henry Cavill's supposed to be in the next one. He, he's got, if he grows that mustache back, I'm sure they'll have him, man. No, 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 guys, guys, he's busy with The Witcher. But they did sign the mustache uh, for about three pictures, I think, so they have the mustache available. The stash will be in the Orient Express, but not That's Henry great. Cavill. Henry Cavill himself is, he's spoken for, for The Witcher, so. Awesome. But they got the stash in there, so. <laughs> Shantae, Shantae, come on, you guys want to see that. Come I'm on. the... On the bat, I'm on the DC Universe app on my tablet. I'm entering the absolute Batman collection sweepstakes. Can't wait. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, do, boy. do either one of you, before you get into more news, do we, did either one of you sign up for that for the DC Universe? Are you guys, um, have you guys joined their streaming waiting the sh- service? Waiting for the shows to start, man. Like, I'm mostly like really interested in yeah, Titans and the Doom Patrol. Yeah. Because I pretty much own all the DC comics I really like. To tell you the truth, like when Tom King puts out a new Batman book, I go get it. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I don't really read comics on my computer. I'll, I'll buy them sometimes so I can make my videos, but that's about all I use digital comics for. I'm a very analog guy when it comes to my reading. Like the all the all the video. I mean, Batman the animated series and Superman the animated series in full HD 1080p remastered. Just saying. I mean, that that alone is 
<laughs> well, well, not for Superman, but I got the TAS and I got Batman Beyond on DVD. Yeah. What about you, Jackal? Have you have you tried the service or negative? Sir, I have not. I have not tried the service. No, they got all the Smallville on there. If they got all the Smallville, I'll check that out because it's a, well, have it's a seven day free trial. What I'm saying is, it's a seven day. All I'm saying is, it's a seven day free trial, so you can check out some of the stuff that they have on there, and then it's like seven ninety nine a month. Or seventy four ninety nine a year or whatever it's you know and I mean it's got a nice little selection of stuff on it. What I like about it though is the fact that you get all these you get access to all these comics, which I think is really nice more so than the actual content of the um you know as far as the video content and all that goes. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to uh, check it out, but I, I definitely uh, will put that on my agenda and bucket list for the week. Sounds good. Added in there. Johnny, what's next on the uh, round table? Um, okay. Um, Kate Beckinsale says that she is done with the Underworld universe. And I, I shed a tear, man. Like, mm. I I absolutely love seeing her in that, that suit, just jumping around, shooting them guns. I mean, I could have watched those movies until she was 60. They will be missed. That's as sad as uh, as Mila Jovovich uh, doing you know no more Resident Evil movies. Uh, they, they've almost become like a stable every couple of years. You know they're bad movies, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, especially if you like pretty girls doing actiony stuff. It's it's. I'm sure Zod hates it because he doesn't like women in movies nowadays. But <laughs> like as as for dudes. That like girls in tight pants, it, they're, they're pretty happening, in my opinion. It's not that I don't like women in movies. It's just I, the fact that we're getting to a point where every movie now has to have a female lead in order to be bankable. That's the direction we're going in, and we can thank the Me Too movement for that and all this other corruptness in Hollywood for all the stuff that's going on right now. You know, it's That's funny. It all it, it, it's down it's funny because people are making such a big deal about this right now, and I agree with some of what Doc is saying. But females have always been kind of like the heroine in a lot of movies that we love. I mean, in the first time on Elm Street, who beats Freddy? A female, Nancy, right? In almost every Freddy movie, who ends up winning at the end? A female. The one that had a dude that wins is part two, and he was a gay dude. So, that's always I'm, been the case in know, horror movies, though. Horror movies yeah. have have always had that point of view. That's Correct. always been the way for 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 you to have strong female. And we've always had strong, right? We've always had that. Even Tomb Raider and other things have come out over the years. It's always been a female lead that's led the way. So I mean, it's really nothing new. I think what what the problem is is that. You know, we're getting gender swaps just for the hell of getting gender swaps now. Yeah. And that's the problem. Now, instead of, you know, just say, okay, we have an original character, we're going to reboot it, but we're going to keep it to what, you know, the audience knows and loves, and, and just kind of, like, tinker with it a little bit to make it a little bit fresher, modernize it, or maybe go for a period piece. You know, do something original, something that, that still feels like the original content and the original canon and the comics or whatever, but something that is fresh. Instead of doing that, then eh, let's just give her a vagina, and make it a woman, and that you know, it's or make it a black dude. That'll work, and then, and that's you know where I think a lot of us are like, you know, that's stupid because there are plenty of female you know led characters throughout the history of film that have been you know just as epic and iconic. And why not create new ones? 
want to create, you know, characters within, uh, you know, the comic book world that have not been seen before, which are African-American and black. Why do you have to gender swap or race swap or anything swap any of the characters that we've known and loved? Like, one of the big things that's coming out is, uh, what is it, um, Michael B. Jordan to replace uh, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill. which we're going to get to, into that into a minute. Uh, again, race swap. Why just the hell is race, of race swapping? And you know what? I'm going to be controversial tonight when we get to that topic a little bit later because uh, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's uh, what's ruining movies right now. And, uh, you know, we've seen it with Star Wars. We're seeing it with the Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, luckily we have not seen that with Marvel much. And uh, I'm afraid uh, that, you know, that might happen to Marvel eventually and, and fuck that up. So hopefully we don't get that happening. But uh, let's go and stick to uh, what we have left of news. There's a couple other things I want to get to. Uh, Michael Bay. Uh, did we get to Did we cover this before? Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay. And this is out of a segue. Michael Bay uh, apparently is working on a Thundercats movie. What the hell? Oh yeah, he's gonna do everything from our childhood. Buckle down for Voltron and and um, Rock Lords. Um, let's see um, uh, the Silverhawks. I mean, oh, he's gonna do them all. Yeah, but that read this right. Th- why is he leading up for Thundercats? Is he personally just trying to rape my my uh, childhood with Thundercats? I mean, this is uh, I, I mean Thundercats. You know, I wasn't a fan of the uh, the cartoons of Transformers. Never was really a cartoon fan of theirs. He nailed the uh, the first, uh, you know, form for me. I liked the uh, Transformers movie. I actually enjoyed all of them, to be honest with you. But I don't want to see Michael Bay, you know, just do every one of these 80s pop iconic cartoons. Let other filmmakers do these. I mean, uh, Thundercats is sacred. Also, actually, I, I actually love the cartoons. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about this, guys. I'm, I'm conflicted well, on this one. I don't see how it could even be filmed live action without having to ready player wanted it and mostly being a CGI film anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the, the problem are... right there. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. In a cartoon yeah. with, with now, no I, now I, I will say this. If they had made a Thundercats movie back in the 80s around the time when Thundercats was popular and around the time that they did uh, – and they they did He Man. They might have been able to pull it off, and they would have just used good makeup and and stuff like that. And they probably could have did it. But if they did it now, just like you said, it would be a CGI festival, and it really wouldn't be all that interesting. I don't really care who who directs it at this point. I think they I think that they should just there's some things they should just leave alone. And Thundercats is one of them. They did that 2011 cartoon reboot, and I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's yet another. Thundercats reboot coming out, and it's a cartoon show, but it looks stupid. All of the characters look super deformed and dumb, and they're dumbing it down like they do everything, and they're going to make it goofy. And, you know, again, if it doesn't have laughs in it, if it's not funny, they don't, Hollywood doesn't believe it makes money. And that's the biggest problem. I, You know, I'm just... Yeah. That's I mean, bad. Thundercats was a great show. Both of both of the iterations of Thundercats were great. I loved the original and the and the reboot. I thought they did a, man, a fantastic job. But you know what? Now they're just gonna they're just yeah. gonna dumb it up like everything else. That's too bad too because that Netflix Voltron show mm-hmm. was epic. Like yeah. if they were tr- if yeah. they were to do like a new Thundercats like that, 
I, I would be all about it because I actually went into that. I watched it way late. I was very trepidatious about even checking it out. And when I finally did, I, oh, I loved it, man. And like, I, it just, my fanboy from the eighties just tingled so bad when I watched it. But like, it's just a rare one out. I mean, like every other thing I've ever tried, even most of the new GI Joes just, oh, they suck. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's it's just it's just a shame. Like whoever did Voltron should honestly be getting more work to to do these nostalgia bait resurrections. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm conflicted on this one, Michael. Uh, Michael Bay, please uh, just say no to Thundercats. I don't know, man. I, I want another filmmaker to tackle it because I do think there's. Who would you want to get it? it? Who would you want to direct it though? Who do you think would be good for Thunder? Well, you, know, well, you, know, you know what it is with the way CGI has come along. After you see what they've done with Planet of the Apes, uh, maybe one of the directors that did Planet of the Apes, the, the trilogy, Matt Reeves, perhaps. Uh, you know, somebody like that. I think uh, take, you know, uh, yeah, Matt Re- Matt Reeves can piss all over Thundercats the same way he's pissing all over Batman. Way to go! Hey, he nailed uh, Planet of the Apes, man. I love that trilogy. But see, okay, okay, but Planet of the Apes is Planet of the Apes, man. I mean, you got you, – you, I don't know. Matt Reeves I, – I think – honestly, I think Matt Reeves is overrated, to be honest with you. I really do. I think he – I don't know, man. He really brought much, back the he's Planet of the Apes. Yeah. He's getting – credit and they're making him seem like seem like he's this he's going to be this this great you know like the second coming of, of christopher nolan and my problem is if wb wants him to do to do that and he's going to do a batman trilogy just announce it and let him pick some young kid to play batman and, and stop and stop screwing with everybody but you know what whatever i don't care i'm out with whatever with whatever they do sounds like with you that. care though because i'm angry <laughs> I, like, I like Matt Reeves a lot. I, I loved his Planet of the Apes. I thought it was amazing what he did. Um, he actually like was able to take it, make it fresh, make it actually exciting and impactful. And unlike a lot of other things, it wasn't packed full of jokes. It wasn't a silly film. It was actually hard hitting. There was good social relevance right, to but it. You don't think there's going to be? This is the the problem. I'm not talking about Batman. I'm talking about him going to do the Thundercats. If he does Thundercats, there's going to be studio interference, man. They're going to make it funny. They're going to screw it up. That's what's going to happen. I don't want him to do Thundercats because he's the wrong fit, because he's really good at making dark, brutal, like, realistic movies about monkeys having revolutions. I don't see him doing, <laughs> you know, snarf, snarf, you know what I mean? So, here's the thing. You really think if they did a Thunder, well, see, that's the thing. If they do a Thundercats movie, of course they're going to have that talking snarf because it has to be funny. That's why. You know, they, 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 they see, this is where they're, they're all making their mistake. It's because of, of things like the MCU that every single movie now that we get from any big franchise, we have to suffer. It has to be funny and it has to be stupid. Otherwise, they don't think it's going to make money. That's the problem. Yeah, but don't you, don't you think this fits perfectly with, with today's uh, era of movie making? Because Snarf is in the original cartoon. The cartoon has initial, uh, you know, you know, drama, but it was also funny. This. So, I Say mean, this. the initial cartoon had Snarf, so. Snarf, okay, I had a Snarf pillow person as a child. But here's the thing. Okay, and here, here's what I'm going to say. That You have forgotten what it is to be a kid, Zod Rider. That's that, what it is. You're a bitter old man. No, no, no. That that 2011 reboot of Thundercats that was on Cartoon Network that was brilliant had a snarf in it. But you know what was great about that snarf? He never said a word. He didn't speak. 
but he was just as impactful in the show as he was when he talked in the original. So, you know, it, it that's what I'm trying to say. The 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 the, the, re- the movie, if it's a live action movie, I guarantee that you'll have your childhood star back because they're going to want him to be in there to make you laugh for comic relief. Just like I can guarantee that Orko will be in the He-Man reboot movie whenever yeah, that comes. Yeah, because these are silly kids' things, man. It's not, you want an actual gritty urban reboot of He-Man or the Thundercats? Ding, where, like, their dad dies and they cry and, and like, oh, they, they, they have to fight each other and ask each other if they bleed. I mean, does that have to be in every film now because that's right. something you enjoy? That doesn't have to be in every film, but what I'm saying is you should be able to have a balance to strike a balance. Not every film should have to have all of that humor injected. I understand the need for levity in in movies, but it's gotten to a point where it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's the only thing. That's like the main criteria, man. They're going in there saying, okay, that's that's just too dark. We can't have that. We got to have a joke here, 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 and here. It's like if you go back if we go back to Justice League just for a moment there's there was no reason in the world why Batman should have been making jokes. Batman is not a funny character. If you're going to if you're going to use Batman, you can have jokes, but they have to be around him. You can't have him being the one making the jokes and him being the being the cause, being the being the joker. He's got to be the straight man. And well, in, in, in all, yeah, but in all fairness, they actually told jokes as Batman. Though. Yeah, no, in, 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 all, in, all fair, in all fairness, though, in Justice League, he was sarcastic, but he wasn't like cracking like you know one-liners. Like, was. I'm was. not the one who brought a pitchfork. Ha ha ha! Oh, come uh, on! I mean, the list there is a li- there is a litany of jokes in there from Batman that never should have been in there. He, they broke the character for real. Casting Ben Affleck broke that character. But anyway, yeah. moving on before we continue that, that path. What's ever done the college? Whatever. What's next on the <laughs> here round table there, Alpha? <laughs> We're getting too close to the theme of the show, and we still got more news. So, so let's move on. What else is there? Uh, the Battle Angel Alita second trailer. Um, Have you seen the original anime? Yeah, I hate the anime. I love the manga, though. The anime right. was stupid as shit, but right. the manga, the manga is really good, and this movie looks like it actually follows it instead of like the really bad storyline that the the anime had. The, the OV had. So. I'm pretty sure it does. Looks like it does. So I'm down. Um, everybody looks legit. I mean, Christoph Waltz, her like the eyes are a goofy thing, but what the hell ever, man. Like nobody complained about the stupid looking eyes in Ready Player One, and they were just as bad. So the CJ looks pretty epic, which is one reason why I think the uh, Thundercats could have a life on CGI, uh, heavy as well, uh, you know, type of film. Uh, yeah, but once there's own Thundercats, that's the problem. They're not good with CGI. Well, the two, if moving on, they could, you know, uh, you know, get better at, at the filmmaking process. One of us has been around for a long time. But moving on for a second, because I know you want to just jump right back into it. Um, the trailer looked really good. I mean, yeah. it, it looked really cool. I love the CGI, the way it blends in with, you know, it, there's not, there's not a lot of prop, uh, special effect. This is a very CGI heavy film, but CGI has come a long, long way and it looks really, really good. So, hey, I like Ready Player One. I like these kind of movies. So I'm on board. Um, count me in. I want to see this. I really do. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rodriguez working with James Cameron's stunt team, a special effects team, and James Cameron's money. Like, you couldn't ask for anything cool in my book. I am still a huge Robert Rodriguez fan. I love the Machete films. I don't yep. care what anybody says. So I, when I heard he was actually going to get a big-ass project like this and do something that I love like this, I was more than down because I kind of saw it as him kind of doing another Sin City, but with, like, an anime or a manga instead. And You know what I mean? Like in Battle Angel Alita. It's something that um, James Gun—I mean James Cameron has wanted to do since Terminator. So, well, let's just hope that the studio has allowed him to make this movie. And oh, it's he not put a girl in it, so it's awful. There's a no, girl but, no, but I'm saying let's just. <laughs> oh my he, God, there's a woman that in this allow, That they allowed him to make the movie he needed to make. Like you said, it looks like it follows the manga, and I'm with you on that. And that's why I'm saying I hope that he's allowed to do that, and the movie doesn't deviate into stupidity for today's audiences that's what i'm afraid of with these movies it's like you get a trailer that's awesome and then you go see the movie and you're ghost in the shell you're like what the fuck no trailer for ghost <laughs> in the shell looked awesome dude what are you talking about well i want to know what you were smoking when you saw that trailer bro i don't know I do dude I... maybe it was just a teaser trailer because i only saw one trailer for ghost in the shell i didn't see watch a whole lot of stuff and i didn't get, really get a chance to see it again until it was about to leave theaters so i really didn't you know so I don't know. I wasn't following it all the way through development like that. But but with this, like I said, I'm with you where it does seem like it's going to follow the manga. And that means that that is a wonderful thing. And just hopefully he was allowed to do that and they didn't mess with it. That's the only thing that the only thing that scares me about anything like this. When they take a property that they can totally make faithful to like the source material and it ends up being could be great on film like like Blade of the Immortal. Could you imagine them trying to make that movie in Hollywood, Johnny? That movie would be tore up in half. There's no way we would have got half the awesomeness that we got in that movie if it was made by like Warner Brothers America. It just wouldn't have happened. We would have it would have been watered down to death. It would have been like like this Predator movie we just got. It would have been horrible. But um, from what I've heard, though, from what Robert Rodriguez has said, he's only ever had to answer to James Cameron about this film. Like, well, and, there you go. And, and Cameron's and, a fan, so and Cameron Cameron's got enough pull that, like, I could actually believe that that being the production, um, uh, how it worked out because studios don't question him. He's made two of the biggest selling films of all time. Like, if he says that I'm going to make this movie, I'm going to let this guy do it, and like, I don't care what you guys think of him. I, he just has to answer to me, and it has to look like what I want. And if that's all that um, Rodriguez had to do, then I'm more than down because, like, like well, you said, he's a fan. At this point, I mean, think about this. Uh, James Cameron is also the same director who announced Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, 30 Avatar movies. And uh, he's, he's not even finished uh, with part two or three yet. He's never going to start a production on one of them. I think he's just <laughs> trolling the world while he goes and, like, rides around in a submarine underwater. I think he's just like, yes, I'm going to make one as soon as I get back to the surface. And he just, like... Fifteen years later, we're, we're, we're never, yeah. never going to get another 
Avatar. Anybody who thought we were going to get any more besides the first one was smoking some really good stuff. There is not going to be another Avatar movie. Come on, man. Who wants more? The first one, as much as I I like Cameron, he's an innovator. He seems to be like a a guy with a mission and a dream, and he's actually now helping other directors out. He's accomplishing his dreams, too. See, this is a guy who gets to do what he wants to do. So, you know, he really has no incentive to make another avatar movie to be honest i mean he i mean like what like what the example you just gave about robert rodriguez he has all this pull he can do whatever he wants he can say okay i want to make this movie that movie we'll get we should be getting a lot of great projects like this from james cameron if this battle angel movie makes good money it's it'll it'll be great i mean he'll he'll be able to keep making little passion projects like this I mean, at this point, Avatar 2 is set to come out, what, December 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. It's going to come out when the Snyder Cut comes out, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and when James Gunn gets to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like, those three movies are going to come out at the same time. They're going to be competing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> neck and neck. And I think you know it, Johnny. I think you know it. That's awesome. Oh goodness, goodness, goodness! And and uh, just to lighten things up a little bit, because look, at the end of the day, these are cartoon-ish characters. But let's go to something that's never uh, been a cartoon. And those are those are way of life. Those are just cartoons. What these, the hell are you- these are just cartoons. But let's go to something a little bit more serious for a second. This has never been a cartoon. It's never been a comic. But it's a, a sequel that I think is wanted by a lot of fans, myself included. Jack Black announced that he wants to make a Nacho Libre sequel, and I am 100% in on this. What do you guys think, Zodrider? Not interested. Nacho! Nacho interested, dude. Come on. But I want to borrow your sweats. Not happening. Not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the first one. I'm not watching the second one. I don't. Oh, uh, that's why you don't want to get that corner out of your face. That's what happened. Johnny, have you seen Nacho Libre? Uh, dude, I hate Jack Black. Dude, I seriously do. I am a huge uh, fan. I am a suck. fan of the director Jordan Hess. I love Napoleon Dynamite. I like Gentleman Broncos. I like Don Vardin. Like every movie he's done besides Nacho Libre, which is screwed because I, I love Lucha Libre. I, I love Mexican wrestling, and dude, Jack Black just ruins everything that he's in, man. I but do have you like seen Nacho Libre? I have seen um, him play the white Wasafarian guy. No, 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 hold on, hold on, no. Have you seen, this is an easy yes or no answer. Have you seen Natural Libre? I've seen it like three times in my life. Okay, that's that's a bullshit answer because if not, you would answer yes or no early on. So I know you haven't seen it. Natural Libre is Jack Black's best movie. Now, I'm not a big fan of his. I didn't like his Rastafarian character either. Uh, and, but that, that was decades ago, man. He's come a long way, and well, he, the School of Rock was pretty good. Uh, but I gotta tell you, Nacho Libre was hysterical. There's so much. School of Rock is the only one of his films I could really tolerate, to be honest. Watch Nacho Libre. It's so funny. I'm telling you, I'm 100% in, and he wants to make a sequel to it, so I want to announce that. Uh, What's that other movie he made where, where, you know, he was, though, he was dating a woman who, every woman he saw, the woman was beautiful, but she was really not. 
Shallow House. Yeah, yeah, that one. Shallow House. That's okay. That's okay. I like Kind Rewind. That was pretty much the only one I liked. They made a sequel to that. I'd probably watch it. He was funny in Jumanji. No, he wasn't. Oh, my yeah, God. He was... That movie was a crime against humanity. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I didn't even see it. I stayed away from that shit. I saw, I saw like, the, the artwork for it when I was putting it on Plex, and I'm like, no, nope, I'm good. Watch it. He was funny in Jumanji. But, it, it, look, all that aside, watch Nacho Libre. I'm telling you, even if you don't like Jack Black, it is so damn funny. It's funny because that's the, the, one of the few movies I've ever seen in theaters with my older brother. Me and him. You seen it in theaters? I, not only did I see it in theaters, check this out. <laughs> I saw it in theaters with my older brother who I've never gone to theaters with. And we've seen maybe a handful of movies together where, you know, we, we vibe, oh, yeah, we vibe, oh no, we, we, we vibe on different movie, you know, uh, likes. He likes more of action Spanish stuff. I like more traditional movies, you know, English stuff, the geek stuff that we like. So we really we don't get down with the same kind of movies. So we hardly ever come together and watch a movie. And one night, me and a bunch of friends were you know, all scheduled to go see Nacho Libre. Everybody wanted to go see that movie. I'm not a big Jack Black fan, so I wasn't excited for it. I wasn't hyped for it. But I was like, ah, right, whatever, I'll go. My brother just happened to have an issue with his girlfriend that night. He shows up at the house. He's all bitter. I'm like, yeah, I'm going out with some friends. You want to go? And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? This is pure coincidence. Me and him never really liked the same kind of movies. But we bonded on Nacho Libre. He loved it. I loved that. That was hysterical. He thought it was funny. He was cracking up in the theaters. I was cracking up in the theaters. My friends were cracking up. We all liked it. Even uh, the the ones that are not, you know, particularly Jack, you know, black fans enjoyed this movie. So I think you guys might, you know, get a good chuckle out of it. It's different than anything you've seen him in before. And it generally has a lot of laughs. It really, really does. But, hey, like I said, a sequel I'm 100% in for. But moving on to something else, uh, there's a lot of other stuff in the world of uh, of news I wanted to get to before this hour is over. One thing uh, that, guys, if if this happens, it might change the face of Star Trek altogether. And we didn't get to cover this because we didn't do a show last week. But... Carl Urban says that Quentin Tarantino's proposed Star Trek movie is bananas. And uh, this is supposedly happening for real. What do you guys think of Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie? Uh, well, one thing I can tell you that I found out about uh, Tarantino's Star Trek movie is that it is six years away. So getting excited about it now is kind of premature, to say the least. But I did read what you what you just the comment you made about uh, Kyle Urban saying that it's bananas. Um, I think it's great, and I think it should be fast tracked. I, I don't think they should even waste their time with the stupid storyline that they had planned for the up for this next Star Trek film. I think they should just go straight to the Tarantino film. But I think Tarantino's busy. I think he's got like he's making two that or, Charlie Manson two, movie right. He's now. got these. We're making that movie right now, and then I think he's got like another movie or maybe even two other movies in between before he can start working on Star Trek, and that's that's the problem. 
Now, the, one of the main reasons I bring this up is, you know, of course, there's been all kinds of issues with the contracts for Chris Pine and uh, Chris Hemsworth to yeah, come back. Uh, if they're both out, I mean, will this be uh, in, in the Kelvin universe? Will it be in the old timeline? Will it even have the old crew? Uh, will it be a whole new take with a whole new crew of Star Trek, uh, you know, Starfleet Academy officers? Will it be a I can answer ship? that for you. I mean, what's going to happen here with this Tarantino movie? I, I can answer that all that for you. The that new it's all gonna there's a whole big thing going on right now. There's a tug of war between Paramount and CBS over Star Trek. Because CBS owns the main like what you could say prime universe Star Trek rights. And they basically licensed off a separate license to Paramount to be able to make movies, which is why we got the the Calvin universe to begin with. The reason right. why JJ had to do this Calvin universe is because the the prime the prime timeline is owned by CBS, and CBS would not allow Paramount to make new movies in the prime universe. So right. what's so what's happening now is the is every movie that is being made is going to be going to veer off of this Calvin timeline in the idea that Paramount what Paramount wants to do is get it to the point where they eventually completely wipe away the prime universe as far as film goes there's going to be some plot line or something that's going to stem from the Tarantino movie and something else they want to do that's going to make the prime universe like disappear and it's all going to be one universe from you know combining the two and there's and apparently that new Picard show too is going to be tied into this as well it's going to actually take place post Star Trek Nemesis but it's also going to tie in with the Calvin timeline and the and the you know the new universe of movies that they're trying to do. So anything Tarantino comes up with at this point will be tied it will be tied into that and they don't need Chris Pine. They don't need any they actually don't do need that because they can spin off of this universe in any way in any way that they choose, as long as they stay away from the prime Star Trek. Right, but then that would mean the Picard universe will be set in the prime universe. Well, well, actually, the Picard stuff will be post. Will of course be post Next Generation, but it will be right. a universe that is spun off of the Calvin timeline. But it's how is that possible? Because the contract states that the Calvin timeline is for theatrical releases, while the traditional timeline is for CBS Access or TV. So if that's because, the case. Because it, Al Kurtzman and the person who's running the who's running the doing the TV shows for see and this is something else that they never told us which I think is complete craziness but this is the deal Alex Kurtzman who has the contract to do to make these TV shows Discovery and this new Picard show and all these other little shows that he's apparently going to be making are all contracted off of that same license and CBS is allowing him to continue to do that. So what they're not telling us is that Discovery and this Picard show 
are all part of that extended license. They're not part of the prime timeline. They're not going to be. They're going to be merged into that that Paramount timeline. And this is and this is all a plan by CBS. Do you know why? Because the man in charge at CBS doesn't like Star Trek. He only sees Star Trek as okay, make the streaming, do this streaming stuff. No, and I understand that. I understand that, but that's why it makes no sense. Because while he doesn't like Star Trek, they, I think they settled to the uh, to the point where the original Star Trek is what sells. You know, they're having issues with the the Kelvin universe to the point they even stop selling toys that are geared towards that Kelvin universe because they know it's just not selling as well as the original you know universe. Which, when you bring back an original player like Picard, who is set in the original timeline, it would make sense to me to keep them both separate. Hey, you're gonna do more movies? Oh, I agree. But I agree. Apparently, you that's know, that's not what they're doing. They're gonna. It's gonna be some sort of mixed up timeline where. It's going to merge the prime timeline with the Calvin timeline somehow. But didn't Paramount put out the original movies too, like the motion picture? And <laughs> they did, the, but the, they the, don't own they don't own the rights. Though. Right. They, well, but but isn't CBS right? But aren't they both Viacom companies? Well, the, the, the two about, separate, there's, two, there's two separate Viacoms. Right. There's actually two companies named Viacom. That have different, have actual different owners and actually have different stakes in Star Trek. It, it is the most oh, bizarre. So like, wow! Okay. It is the most bizarre, most convoluted, messed up thing I've ever heard in my life. But that's the state of Star Trek right now. That's why this whole thing is so is so messed up because you have you have too many cooks in the kitchen and too many people involved and too many contracts. In fact. Star, Star Trek Discovery, for another example, did so poorly for CBS that they are scared to death about season two because when they, when they put out the distribution rights for everywhere else in the world, Netflix bought the distribution rights. So all around the world, if you have Netflix, you could watch uh, Star Trek Discovery, but you have to have CBS All Access if you're here in the United States. Netflix paid such a high price for Discovery that Netflix basically paid for, for the production one. of season yeah, but, one. But that was one. Yeah, but that was one for season one. Season two is going to be all on CBS. All, all on CBS. There. So CBS is nervous because although they had a record number of people signing up for all access at the time when Discovery came out because people wanted to see, see Discovery, they also had a record number of Exodus people leaving CBS when they got done watching the whole first season. So, it, it, you know, if it doesn't do gangbusters, they're going to, because they got to make concessions for Netflix, for Netflix to even pick up the second season for it to be worldwide. And then they gotta, they gotta do really well with CBS All Access or Discovery's gonna end up getting cancelled. Well, that, so this, uh, yeah, but the so same this, thing, the same thing happened with uh, YouTube Red. Once everybody saw the Karate Kid spinoff, everybody dropped YouTube Red like immediately. So, uh, you know, I think these new startup streaming companies are all gonna face this kind of up and down until they have a number of quality shows that can take them all year round and really have that, you know, longevity of new right. shows coming out every right. month. And not just have to piggyback on, just not have to piggyback on like Cobra Kai or on Discovery or 
just one property where now they have lined up every month. Hey, you're going to have a hot brand new property or two coming out, which are, you know, 10 episodes, 15 episodes, whatever it is, uh, that it can keep you busy and keep you on board with us so you keep paying every month. Right now, these uh, streaming companies really, really don't have that. That's why you're seeing... You know, so many ideas for, you know, what they can do within the Star Trek universe. Because you can literally have five, six, seven different uh, TV shows at the same time and dealing with all different aspects of Star Trek. Uh, and that would be brilliant for CBS to do something like that. I think, why not? At this point, look, making these shows are getting cheaper. It doesn't cost as much money as it used to. So why not have two, three, four shows within the Star Trek universe? I'm all right. In. The idea is the idea is to make more because originally Discovery was supposed to be an anthology show, but uh, which was supposed to be just like what you said. It was supposed to take place in all different Star Trek eras. But there were rights issues, there were hurdles, there were various things that prevented that from happening. So this idea where they're going to have all these shows that are going to kind of piggyback and spin off of each other is going to be the idea to merge it all into one universe so that they can so that they can do that and they can keep putting out you know show after show after show like you just pointed out and they're going to need a lot they're going to need a lot for for cbs all access cbs all access does not have a lot of content it really doesn't and but this is my problem with a lot of these streaming services you sign up for a streaming service that's devoted to like one network like cbs I want everything that that network has. I want all the episodes of whatever of whatever show that CBS ever made that I want to see. They all need it needs to be on there. If you want to be able to keep people from month to month, you got to have you got to have everything. And with a company that has a library like CBS, there's no excuse not to have everything on there. Yeah, it would be stupid. I mean, like but they don't. They don't have everything. Do they, do they have the soap operas? I mean, if they were able what? to offer chicks to be able to watch like every episode of like the Days of Our Lives and stuff, they don't even have all the episodes. This is the thing: they don't even have Two and a Half Men on their on their network, and they own Two and a Half Men. That entire show, all twelve seasons of that show, should be on CBS All Access. But it's not. What well, is it now? on Netflix? Should be on it. No, no, it's on. It's on. Uh, it, it should be on CBS. No, it's not on Hulu either. See, this is the problem. Netflix, uh, CBS wants to have, have exclusivity to their shows. That's why they created this app, right? But they don't have everything on there. So why are you paying for it if you can't, if you still can't watch everything legally through the app? I don't understand it. Guys, this is a bit bizarre, but guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. We're going to come back in two minutes with the main theme of the show tonight, and that's going to be, of course, how do we fix Warner Brothers, DC, and the current state now that Ben Affleck is out as Batman and Henry Cavill apparently (laughs) is out, allegedly, (laughs) as Superman. We'll be back in a couple minutes here on the roundtable with more show, so stick around. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to that epic roundtable show live right here on PSN Radio as usual. This is www.psn-radio.com. Uh, we are live, and if you want to check out the podcast later, we'll be having that on there immediately for your downloading pleasures over on roundtableshow.com. 
dot com. That's roundtableshow.com. Everything you hear here, you'll hear there. It'll be podcasted. It'll be there for your downloading pleasures for free. So there'll be no bitching about it. I don't want to pay to hear something I just heard for free. There's no bitching allowed on this show. Go get the uh, episode, and uh, we're going to have content on YouTube live, uh, you know, coming up soon for this show, plus a lot of YouTube download stuff, so look us up on YouTube and give us a you know, good subscription, likes, and all that junk that uh, they ask for on YouTube. But we're back, and now it's time for that theme part of the show where we uh, we're gonna give the rest of the hour into the last 15 minutes, which is going to be for the box office top 10 results of the week, but uh, from here on to that, our theme of the night is Warner Brothers DC. What the hell's going on and how can we fix it? Uh, it seems that uh, you know uh, the news keeps uh, coming and while I'm happy about some of the news that's coming out I know Zod Rider's not too happy we're going to get Johnny's reaction but the big news of the week of course is uh, Henry Cavill, seems like he's out as Superman, Ben Affleck out as Batman, these are the rumors, allegedly uh, there's been a lot of allegedly uh, things going on back and forth. We have no direct answers. Everybody's treating this like NASA treats news, where it's never a straight answer. Warner Brothers puts out their uh, information, uh, and it sounds very vague. And then, of course, the Henry Cavill's people puts out their, uh, in, you know, their two cents on what's going on, and it's also very vague. Then we have an Instagram video with Henry Cavill himself, and that's vague. So it's all we're getting is though. It's, it was, his was the best was good. acting ever. Yeah, that was yeah, his best was, acting. He said nothing, but he said everything. And uh, that was great acting. But, you know, what the hell is going on? Zod Ryder, I know you're passionate about this. You've been jumping the gun for the last couple hours to want to talk about this. So I'm going to let you have, have at it first. What do you think is going on? There's a, apparently a big shake-up happening at Warner Brothers. That much we do know. Yeah, uh, it sounds like everything has gone nuts over there. It sounds like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Uh, we had a big, big uh, letter-writing campaign for the Snyder Cut a while ago. And we sent physical letters to Walter Hamada, who is the head of DC Films, in hopes of getting some attention to get that cut of the move of Justice League released. And... Question, how did, you, how did you get all 14 of you together to be able to make this letter happen? Uh, well, this, well, no, well, no, this is, this was a worldwide, this was a worldwide campaign. Okay, but all 14 of you, yeah, all 14 of you worldwide, all 14 of you, yes, yes. He received, I mean, um, Walter Hamada should have received thousands of letters. Now, I don't know, I don't know right. anything about how that turned out. I know I wrote my letter to Walter Hamada. Um, and you know, we haven't heard anything from Warner brothers. Now the letter writing campaign was the linchpin that got the, uh, Richard Donner cut of Superman two released for the fans back in 2006. There was this huge letter writing campaign and that, and that got, and that happened. But so we figured we could do this with the Snyder cut in hopes of getting that released. And so far we haven't heard anything back, but there's rumors circulating that we're, Weeks away from hearing something in regards to the Snyder Cut, but we don't know. But now we have this big mess with this shakeup with where Cavill may be out, Affleck might be out. And if that's the case, WB is going to have to go in a completely different direction 
And in my opinion, I think they should just stop making these movies all together, wait for a while, and then come back and do a fresh reboot. But they're not going to do that. And DC has a multiverse, which will allow them to basically do whatever they want and have just have the movies take place on different Earths. I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. They're, they're, the big plan now is, again, you know, everything is girl power, right? So now we want, they want to do a, they want to do a Supergirl movie instead of a Superman movie, which is why all this stuff with Henry Cavill is so, is so crazy because it's not that they don't want him to be Superman <clears throat> anymore. It's that they want him, they want to fast track a Supergirl movie because they want Supergirl. So then they don't want, they don't, they're not focused on Superman right now. So they're going to do a Supergirl movie, push this through. And apparently that's going to take place in the 1970s, which of course is going to predate Man of Steel. So it's going to be like, again, it's going to be part of a big reboot. And the rumor that I was reading was that there is a, the idea is that it's just going to take, again, it's going to just, the Snyder movies are going to be, Basically, the Snyderverse took, all took place on a different Earth than the one that these newer movies are going to take place in. And the Flash movie is going to be the movie that unite, that basically shows us that, that this is, that it's a, that DC is a multiverse and it's going to basically bridge the gap between the universe that these new movies are going to be in and the universe that the Snyder movies and Suicide Squad took place in. So that, that's what I'm hearing as far as what they're doing for um, DC at this point, which is why you have all the rumors about Michael B. Jordan being Superman and the possibility of either Kid Harrington or John Hamm or somebody else playing Batman. They're going to go for a younger Batman. I can tell you that right now. We're not. You're not going to get no John Hamm as a Batman. That that won't work. You're going to. It's going to be a, a younger guy. You know, and I would say if this Matt Reeves thing happens, which I think is going to be vapor, I don't even think you're going to get a Matt Reeves movie because he's been talking about this Batman stuff for a long time now, and he has has nothing to show for it. But yeah, we had a great Batman script by Affleck that we'll never see now. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of irritated by the whole thing, but I think that that whatever they choose to do, they need to do something quickly because, you know, you're going to have a lot of people losing interest in where they're and where they're going to go, whichever direction they go in. I mean, I mean, the, the Henry Cavill news the other day last week broke the Internet. There was so much Henry Cavill, Cavill stuff on there. It just goes to show even the haters don't want Henry Cavill out as Superman. They they may not have liked all the movies he was in, but they liked his portrayal as Superman. So that tells you something. I mean, I don't know. The whole thing is just has got my head spinning because I'm a big DC fan and and I just want them to be successful. And it just seems like no matter what they no matter what they do, they keep making bad decisions and keep running into a brick wall. So I, I don't know. Well, one thing I I could say is I know they wanted to use Henry Cavill kind of like Iron Man as being used by Marvel. Well, he, he you know goes into these different movies and sets up uh, the shared universe. And 
Part of the problem was getting him to come in for cameo on Shazam, where he was asking for too much money for a cameo, and Warner Brothers didn't want to pay him as as much as, say, our you know Robert Downey Jr. gets, and that was a major issue. If that's an issue, I can understand that because Henry Cavill, while he was good in Mission Impossible, and while you know some fans might like him as Superman, he's not a bankable actor. He does not put people in the seats. He is not a Superman that, for the most part has made a billion dollars at the box office. His movies have been underperforming. Uh, you know, you put him in a, in a movie with Batman and it still didn't work. You put him in a movie with Batman, Wonder Woman, who had a successful uh, film debut, and it still didn't work. So I can understand why Warner Brothers is being cautious. But here's a, uh, an official release statement, guys. Let me get through this uh, without, any, uh, without interruption. Uh, official W Warner Brothers released this statement saying, While no decision has been made regarding any upcoming Superman films, we've always had a great respect and a great relationship with Henry Cavill, and that remains unchanged. Now, let me give my take on that statement. It's vague, but it does not close the doors to Henry Cavill playing Superman in the future, which this actually leads to me having, uh, you know, a, a little bit of back to credibility, credibility to the rumors, or add to the rumors, that maybe they are looking at Michael B. Jordan to play a virgin, or a version of Superman, not a virgin, but a version of Superman. And uh, the one that comes to mind, since he is a brother, is Calvin Ellis, the, an Elseworld Superman. And again, this goes back to what the writer is saying, look, they have a multiverse, you know, maybe they're looking to explore the multiverse to bring it all together later on when they want to bring Henry Cavill back because he did just sign up for this Witcher movie. He has been kind of a pain in the ass when it comes to, you know, how much money he's asking for. And he's not a very bankable actor. So let's just say, he, you know, the Warner Brothers is like, you know what, we have him signed up for another movie. Let him go do the Witcher. Let him bomb at the box office a little bit. Then he'll play ball and he'll come back to play Superman. And for now, we can explore, explore other characters and including other versions of Superman, bring them into the fold, and since Justice League didn't work, maybe a multiverse, you know, movie would work later on. And that's an idea worth exploring without having to reboot everybody and everything, and it keeps it all in continuity. So five, ten years down the line, you can bring back Henry Cavill, who probably looks very similar to what he looks like now, maybe a little bolder. Uh, maybe he might need, uh, you know, just for man. I don't know. A couple of hip plugs. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's going to look about the same. Give him that makeup. He'll look like an older Superman. And we'll have this multiverse crossover, which I'm pretty sure fans will go, you know, nuts over. If it's done right. But at this point, what's the use of a, of a standard cut? Are they going to do this? There's no point. There's no use to it. There's no use for it. That's why they might as well release the Snyder Cut at this point, because it's but there's not... But no, there's no need no for impact. it. The, the, why release a, a version of the movie where it's been rejected, and for the most part, they, you know, Warner Brothers wants to move away from and say, you know what, 
let's leave these characters alone for a while. Let's move into other parts of the multiverse. And then down the road, bring back Henry Cavill. Especially if you want to reboot Batman, which I agree, they're going to go young with Batman. Uh, I see no other way of doing that. And I even see them uh, eventually ditching Jared Leto's Joker and having a completely different take on who that Joker is. I think the real Joker is going to end up being the uh, Joker that we see with uh, Joaquin Phoenix in uh, this spin-off Joker movie, which we just got an image of. And by the way, it looks an awful lot like, like Jim Carrey's Riddler to me, if you ask me. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Every time they, they, they do a bad guy now, it's like, oh, okay, we're, so we're getting the Riddler again. That's, that's great. Good job, guys. Really can do something different. But, I mean, I hope... I hope the image just gives me that vibe and it's not like that. And I hope when I actually sit down and watch the movie, it's a good take on the Joker and it's some serious and gritty. But as for watching that, just one image, I'm shaking at the knees, guys, because Joker is a big character. And it's, uh, you know, probably Warner Brothers' biggest villain in their stable. So if they mess that up, Goodness, I, I mean, you might as well just fold up the entire uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, DC Universe and just make Wonder Woman movies from here on out. Uh, and by the way, speaking of sexist, why is Supergirl still called Supergirl? Because she was made up in the 60s when it was okay to do that. Okay, why can't now she be called Superwoman? Because there's a Superwoman too. So why can't Isn't we that- have a Superwoman movie instead of a Supergirl? Because Supergirl's cuter. She got the little skirt. But as she said, in the 70s, she's going to be Superwoman before she's, you know, she's going to be out before Superman officially is out. By the way, if, if they make her a period piece in the 70s, completely leads to credibility that is still tied into the Men of Steel universe. Because if you watch Men of Steel 1, there is a second, you know, a ship that crashes, right, with an open pod. That crashed before he got there. So who's not to say that she wasn't walking around doing her thing, and he just never knew about it. And then maybe in Man of Steel 2, they unite the two of them, include the multiverse, which includes, uh, you know, Calvin Ellis and that version of Superman, and Wonder Woman and all the other characters, we're, which we're going to have, uh, you know, coming up now cinematically. I mean, that's one idea. I think the Warner Brothers should go, besides just completely, you know, rebooting the entire universe. Guys, what are your thoughts? Johnny? Um... Uh, I, I'm going to save to for when I get my little part where I get to wig out on, on the whole subject to, to kind of go over some of your points because I liked a lot of them and I'm going to kind of gloss over with my opinion on those when I do that. Is That's cool. Well, that's why I said Johnny because I'm giving you your... Oh, it's your my time. turn? Yeah, that's the whole point. Okay, well, I, I kinda, I kinda, Johnny! Well, I thought you were asking me like what I thought about um, what you just said and I was just kind of like... No, 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 I kind of got a lot more. Your time. Go. Go. Okay. Give us your input. Well, um, I'm going to start where you started with um, the whole coming in and asking for more money because, like, in my job, when my production numbers are down and I come and ask for a raise, I, it ain't happening. So, like, it, it's kind of – that's kind of what partic- precipitated this entire um, fiasco into motion, and um, it's kind of Cavill's fault. I don't think he's out, though, um, I, but I think – I wish that this could have held off because it's really bad for – 
DC and Warner Brothers because it puts them in a sticky situation because now the 15 fans they actually had that were like going to go see Aquaman and and were really excited for Shazam are all pissy because they think that they think that the Wooden Man's not going to come back ever again. But um, and they could have at least waited to can him to see if the the new direction is actually um, liked by other people. And I think that that's a little bit of poor planning, but it, it seemed to have been rushed because of silly events that just happened to play out because they were goofy enough to ask for a cameo for Superman in a movie that I don't really think he needed to be in in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think Aquaman is just doomed out of the gate now. I don't think that that movie is going to. Oh man, it's it's going to it's going to do. Yeah, I solo numbers. Off. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna. It's gonna bomb, and I, and I feel terrible because Black Manta looked really cool in it. You know, like he really did. So there's actually finally like a really cool looking DC villain for once. Um, but um, where we're getting these kind of new inclusionary versions of characters coming out is the one thing that DC Warner Brothers actually has going for them at the moment is the clout that they were the first ones to have a female superhero in the films. Now. They're going to be able to be the guys that had like, oh, we didn't just like have, come out with like a, a, a B-list stringer like Black Panther to have a black character. As. We have a Superman that's black. You know, they're going to they're going to ride on this because it works so well for them the first time. And they're going to get um talents that will play to the strengths of this. And they're going to try to beat Marvel at their own game. And that's what Marvel and DC have always done in the comics for years. So it kind of makes sense that the films will go this way eventually, too. So I, I don't really see anything bad coming out of this. Like you guys said, this is a multiverse. Like, Michael B. Jordan is not going to be playing Clark Kent. We've discussed this before the show and on the show. He's more than likely going to play Ellis. He's going to be playing... So it, it's going to be neat. It's going to be cool. I don't want to write anything off yet as because I am a huge Zack Snyder fan. I love his first four films. I even like Sucker Punch. His DCEU work is just extremely painful for me to watch as a fan of his because I really wanted to like it, especially when I heard that Donna Steele was hated by everybody. I went and saw it, and like, I was like, dude, everybody hates it. This is totally my kind of film, and it just wasn't. wasn't in the cards, and then Justice League was no better, but... um. I think that this could get. I think this could get fixed. I think that this could be a new direction. Um, I think this might lead to something cool, like Infinite, um, like Crisis on Two Earths, or something like that in a, in a film. Which might, if they play it right, they set it up good. It might even kick Infinity War's ass if if DC can get their shit together and pull it off right. And that is pretty much where I sit on this because at the moment, the only thing I really give a good goddamn about in DC and live action is the upcoming Doom Patrol show starring Brendan Fraser. So, My thing is, what are we going to get uh, Michael B. Jordan to do everything? I mean, isn't there another uh, prominent black actor out there who can play the part? Yeah, but they might it, as well, you know what? They might as well get Denzel Washington to play Batman while they're at it. And then they can continue on with the war-weary Batman if they want to do that. And then have Michael B. Jordan play Superman. Could work. I don't know. Denzel's like almost 70, though. Man, yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. Way more weird. And now you really want to do Dark Knight Returns. Well, hey, he just did the Equalizer, so. But that would all depend on how quickly they, you know, they're going to reboot this universe because uh, (laughs) it sounds like it's a ways away yet, but if they fast track Supergirl, 
Um, well, this yeah. one you think about it, you don't have to reboot anything. You just continue with the multiverse angle. You you, you know you shove out a, a few movies. You give Henry Cavill Superman the five, six, seven years, whatever it is, off of the big screen, so you get a little bit of hype with him coming back to be in a you know a few years. Plus, uh, you they'll give probably him, do a Kingdom Come. They'll probably do a right. Kingdom Come. With yeah, him, yeah, and, and then and this will and this will please all of all of the ones that want you know want Snyder. They could get Snyder to do Kingdom Come because Kingdom Come. Why? Would be- Why do you have to bring Snyder back? Just get somebody else. There are other directors out there. Why do you need to go back to the well that failed three times? See, that is the fanboy logic that makes no sense to me. He, it's like a retard who keeps banging his head against the wall, expecting a, a, a different reaction or a different you know thing to happen after he's banged his head against the wall three or four times. You're gonna keep getting the same kind of pain. You retard, stop banging your head against the wall. Bringing Snyder back is stupid at this point. Just move on. There's going to be other directors. It is stupid. He made a bad movie, then he made a bad sequel to that movie, then he made another bad movie, so bad that he got canned halfway through. Look, I feel bad for his daughter's death, but that was an excuse to let him off and put somebody else in there because this movie sucked. That's why we don't have a Snyder Cut. That's why there is no Snyder Cut. There will never be a Snyder Cut. And the only talk about Snyder Cuts is, well, some guy might be able to produce a version of Snyder's Cut. It doesn't exist. That means they'll put together some scenes, they'll, you know, cut or left the cutting room floor, and they'll give you some, you know, crappy alternate version. But look, it's like Batman vs. Superman. When they released the extended cut of that, it sucked! It was an extended cut of, of a bad movie. That just made the movie worse and dumber. It made the idea of what we got in theaters even worse. So why do you want to go back to the well and bring back that director who's failed two and a half times? Why do you want to well, do that to yourself? In, in Zod Rider's defense, Zack Snyder is very, very good at um, adapting classic comic books. And if they give him the kind of leeway that he had with Watchmen to do Kingdom Come, and like if he nails the same look he had for Watchmen with Kingdom Come, it could be epic, even with Henry Cavill. Because if you guys are talking about 10 years away, he might actually be able to get acting lessons and learn more than one facial expression. So, like, you know, it might all work out and, like... I don't know. And, and, um, Zod's defense as a fan of Snyder, I think that Kingdom Come, if they give him the wheels, the, the steering wheel and let him make a film like how he used to make before he got tangled up in studio affairs and had to make Superman movies that honestly, from what you, if you read anything that the man said beforehand was something that he never wanted to work on, like, I think that he might be able to make something decent. See, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know when people get that because all I heard from Snyder early on was how much he loved the character, how this is the big one, it's Superman, he loves Superman, he loves Superman, he loves Superman, and yet he fucked up on Man of Steel. Batman vs. Superman was a big joke. Justice League was even a bigger joke. And, and yeah, they brought in Joss Wheaton to add a sprinkle of humor, but you know that couldn't save that project. And let's just be honest, this is, again, a retard banging his head against the wall why would you want to bring that person back I say let those movies rest if you want to bring back a kingdom come to bring with Henry Cavill I'm all for that but give a new director a chance give new writers a chance to bring this universe back together in a proper way you failed already with Zack Snyder three times or two and a half times or whatever let's give somebody else a chance why are we going back to the same well there's dirty water in that well 
Stop drinking from dirty water. That's not Ethiopia. We're in the United States. We're in America. We have clean drinking water. Let's take advantage of that. Well, yeah, no, that's true, too. That's, that, yeah, well, that's like the Jakku of, uh, of the United States. <laughs> the Star Wars reference? What do you guys think? I think Zod's gone. Zod, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Okay. He's mad. <laughs> I, think, I think he's mad. Mad, Zod? You mad, No, bro? no, I'm not mad. I'm I'm fine. I mean, but, you haven't. Well, what's your answer? Why go back to Zod? I mean, we'll go back to Snyder. I mean, it, it makes no sense. Because I think Snyder would be perfect for Kingdom Come. I think Kingdom Come would be a good movie for him. I don't. I don't agree that that he's a terrible filmmaker. I think he is just like a lot of these other filmmakers in Hollywood today that have to deal with studio mandated crap, and it affects their movies. That's what it is. You can't tell me that Shane Black set out to make a terrible Predator movie. That was studio-mandated shit that messed up his movie. That was a horrible movie. I don't believe that Shane Black signed off on all that crap. He was forced to make the the concessions he made, and that's why the movie was it was as bad as it was. Look, I look, I'm I'm to the point now where I have to give directors the benefit of the doubt i've seen it happen enough times to know that you you know you can't blame the director if a movie is absolutely horrible but why not if you have multiple chances and you fuck up every single time at some Listen, point man of at Steel, some point okay is a very well received movie it was much more well-received then, then I'm part of the fandom. Let's be honest. Let's not be everybody. Honest. If you want to use a movie, if you want to use a movie, and, and you want to you want to talk about Snyder, and you want to take a movie where Snyder didn't have studio interference, he didn't have studio interference with Man of Steel because he was he was protected by Christopher Nolan. Man of Steel was you Christopher just said Nolan's he did, idea, but you just said he Nolan did. Protected Zack Snyder. Christopher Nolan hired Zack Snyder to make. Man of Steel. So, so you're contradicting yourself said, because you just said that he did have studio interference, and I say he didn't have studio interference. So which one is it? Did he or did no, he I'm not? With Man of Steel, he didn't have studio interference. Of course Man he of did. did the stu- oh, yes, the stu- dude, the studio, look, the studio is always going to interfere and tell you, hey, listen, we're going this shot with the character. Now, as a filmmaker, can you make this movie? And as a filmmaker, you say yay or nay. And Zack Snyder said, yeah, I think that's where I would go because I like our darker uh, character. I mean, remember, this is the same guy who said that Batman, uh, he always envisioned Batman getting raped in prison. doesn't get darker than that, okay? So he's always been the kind of director who's leaning towards a darker universe, and that's what we got with Men of Steel, which could have worked if he had a better script, if he had a better director who knew how to get acting out of actors, which we didn't get. That's why we have a wooden boy named Pinocchio, a.k.a. Henry Cavill, as Superman. And, uh, you know, it didn't work for Man of Steel. It didn't work for Batman vs. Superman, which is, it was a, a horrible movie. And you can't blame anybody but Zack Snyder and his two leading actors for that. Because, hey, look, Wonder Woman worked, right? Worked with uh, Gal Gadot. So it wasn't her fault. And guess what? And guess who came up with the story for Wonder Woman? Guess who wrote the script for Wonder Woman? 
but he did not direct Zack it. Snyder. But he okay. did not direct no, it. No, no. Look, he didn't. Direct, he painted a, a pretty picture, but he cannot direct a good movie. Again, studio Case interference. No, the studio ruined Justice League. The studio ruined Batman v Superman. It was the studio that mandated all this garbage. No, the see, reason why I, I their, their universe is in shambles right now because they can't let their directors make their movies. Did they did the same thing, dude? They did the same thing to David Ayer. Okay, so I, you know, I. That's what I'm saying. You, you you know you can't, especially if you're a fa- if you're not a fan of Zack Snyder at all. I can understand. You know you have this you have this aversion to him. But if you're like you know you're like Johnny and me who liked Zack Snyder's films prior to the DC meddling with everything, then you know that a studio mandated film or something when studios step in and start meddling with stuff, there you go. That's where you have your that's where you have your issues. That's where you but, have. All your problems, and w- that's why nine times out of ten, director's cuts are better than what you get in, th- in the theaters. But, the except- no, I'm not going to go with that. By the way, the screenplay was the screenplay was by Alan Heinsberg. The story was by Alan Heinsberg and Jason Fuse. Zack Snyder, all he did was he helped in the cast of Wonder Woman because he initially cast Wonder Woman and now Gal Gadot, and he helped set the storyline that crossed between what he was doing with Justice League and, and, and Batman vs Superman into the Wonder uh, Woman movie. That's the credit he got. He did not actually come up with the script for Wonder Woman. He did not direct Wonder Woman. He is credited as a exec, as one of the writers because of the fact that the Wonder Woman is lifted from his movie. It's like George uh, Lucas gets credited as a writer for all the upcoming Super Amount uh, Star Wars movies, even though he's not physically a writer on them, but he gets credited because he came up with the initial idea of Star Wars. Now, does it mean he's sitting there actually writing the scripts for the new movies? That's other people doing it. So it's the same kind of thing. So when you say that Zack Snyder came up with it, that's a lie. That's a, that's just not even accurate. And you know what? Again, why go back to the well? The guy, yeah, he can he can paint a perfect, a nice picture, but he cannot direct a movie. Patty Jenkins, the director, is responsible for Wonder Woman working. Well, her, in that, whatever the sequel that she comes up with, the 1984 Wonder Woman or whatever it is that's coming out, it will be the reason why that movie is successful. I, I mean, I don't remember them mentioning Henry Cavill's Superman and, and Wonder Woman at all. So going forward with, you know, that universe, if they want to spin off an entire new DC, you know, one, you know, universe through Wonder Woman, they can still even do that. There's so many avenues they can go with Wonder Woman. The new gods. Right. New gods, that would be so awesome. I, I mean, think about it. They can still have her and in her incarnation and bring in a different Superman, which is you know, Kyle L. Clark Kent, and have nothing to do with, with Henry Cavill, and say, you know what, whatever we had with her and the uh, Justice League BVS, that is non-canon anymore. We're going to retcon that, but we're going to introduce a whole new set of Superman, Batman action uh, or characters through her, you know, solo films, and I don't think they can do that as well. There's so many different angles that they can go through, but to credit Zack Snyder, like he's created Wonder Woman, that is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. All he did was, yeah, he hired Gal Gadot. God bless him for that for doing one thing right. I don't like the dozens of things he got wrong. But Patty Jenkins is a director. It was because of her and her alone that movie worked. Her sensibilities as a director, her, you know, being able to take a script and making it work with the actors that she had, which were not the greatest actors in the world. Gal Gadot is not a very good actress, but she was okay in this to the point where it was serviceable and then the director in the editing room they made it a good movie and it was it's a fun you know movie to watch i'm actually excited about the sequel i want to see what they do with 1984 i think it's going to be a really good follow-up i think they really have you know a good well-oiled machine with wonder woman and i'd like to see them you know maybe even go away from the current DCEU mess that's going on with Henry Cavill and just uh, do their own thing. And Aquaman could do the same thing. Maybe there's no reference to Henry Cavill or Ben Affleck in Aquaman either. Maybe it's a complete solo Apparently, thing. well, apparently it takes place after Justice League, but there's no Justice League references. Which is movie. great. That's so perfect. That, that, makes, that makes it okay. And the only problem is Shazam is chock full of references from previous films so it'd be it's going to be harder to say that shazam doesn't take place yeah but as long as it doesn't yeah but as long as it doesn't doesn't show henry cavill or ben affleck doesn't matter because you can say well those events kind of happen to whoever plays superman and batman next it's one of those things where you can say the similar events happen to them but it doesn't mean there was henry cavill or ben affleck i guess have I, the events of Man of Steel, I guess, have an impact because the events of Man of Steel were kind of like the like the nine eleven of the DC universe. So like, right. so like that, you know, you see pictures of the Black Zero on Time magazine and various things throughout uh, Shazam. So it so it takes place in that in that continuity. But they could, like you said, those if are they, really easy things to cut out. Too, yeah, you can. You can well, if you reimagine so or reboot later on, just use that character as part of the uh, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, reboot or, or whatever they do with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. You can still use that and say, look, uh, forget Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Let's say they get, uh, you know, whoever plays Superman in the future, whoever that is, you know, his Superman. Had had a similar, uh, a very similar background to the one Henry Cavill played. So while it's different, alternate universe is not has nothing to do with that. Uh, Henry Cavill Superman, uh, you know, they have a similar background. This avoids them having to tell the origin all over again because we've seen Man of Steel, we've seen Superman Returns, we've seen Superman seventy eight. We had ten years of Smallville. We know Superman the character. We don't need the origins we told again. We don't need to see Baby Cavill's penis on the big screen again. We don't need any of that crap. Let's move it forward. Let's keep going with, you know, just jumping into some action. And I think we could do that and say, hey, you know, all that stuff that happened to those guys in the past, yeah, it's semi-continuity to, you know, this current Superman, but he is not that Superman. You know, this is the, the the real Superman. And if you want to add, you know, part of the origin later on through the script, you could do that. You could have a scene where he's talking to Lois and he's talking about his background and he and he have a flashback scene or something which is similar in in, in nature to what we saw in the uh, Men of Steel, enough so that, you know, we were like, okay, yeah, the background is very similar and the story is probably very similar, but then you also have a different, you know, for example, Jor-El come in 
that, you know, uh, Russell uh, Crowe, they have a different actor playing that, you know, that character, that'll give the audience the, uh, the idea that, oh yeah, well, while the storyline is similar, obviously, obviously it's not the same Superman. You feel me? So, it, it, you, you also have to look at it that way. So, there are different ways they can go about this and still fix it without having to totally reboot, but it doesn't completely remove the reboot option off the table. And I think those are logistics uh, you know, that you guys have to look at. I mean, again, why go back to the Snyder well? To me, that but makes no sense. He could probably sense. still make a probably, really yeah, but that's not good enough for me. You don't want to invest another two hundred, three hundred million dollars on a probably, Johnny. And Warner Brothers is not going to do that. With Brian Singer and the X Men, I mean, like they brought his lame ass back, and he made the worst one yet. I mean, like Hollywood's full of these stories. Snyder, I think. Snyder but uh, at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, they made money. At the end of the day, the Brian, uh, the Brian Singer movies made money, and that's all that matters. And, yeah, and, and Brian Singer also got fired from a movie recently too. So he's yeah, he's not. Uh, he probably won't be directing anything new in a in a long time coming either. So I'm no, not a fan. Like the witch show on I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, Singer's, but all I'm yeah. saying is his movies at least made money, which you can't say uh, for Snyder. Well, well yeah, you can because Batman v Superman made almost a billion dollars. It was close. Was a huge hit. I mean, uh, Batman no v Superman still made more money than all the other DCEU movies and some of the Marvel movies. So what are you talking yeah, about? He has made money movies. off of his movies. Yeah, he made more money than Amazing Spider-Man 2. God damn it. <laughs> Guys, yeah. this is how wrong you are. Batman v Superman, which cost about $250 million to make, uh, needed, needed, and that's without counting the, the uh, cost of promoting the movie, which you get another 150 maybe 200 million. So this is a movie that needed to bring in close to 700 to 800 million worldwide to break it's even. 900 million. It made 873 million. So it barely broke even. It did poorly at the, at the, uh, DVD sales. It did really you, poorly. It's one, the, it's one of the highest selling Blu-rays of all time. What are you talking about? Go dude? check those numbers again because you're absolutely wrong. Domestically, it made only $330 million. When you put Batman and Superman in a movie together, and Doomsday and Wonder Woman, and when you put these characters together and you only make $300 million, that's done. That's a movie that's flopped. I'm sorry. These are iconic characters. Putting them together with a good script and a good director and a good movie should have easily made $500 million domestically. Easily, and it failed to do that. Warner Brothers needed that movie to make five hundred million domestically, and it made three hundred thirty million. So it underperformed. While yes, it broke even at the box office, it still underperformed. They did not make a whole lot of money on that movie. But that's here's the thing: you know how they could tell that movie wasn't good because the follow-up made less money. Okay, it made a lot less money. Just as the is a certified flop box office wise so if you're losing money and the train is downward why would you go back to the same well but we're talking about like down the road like 10 years from now like maybe snyder getting another chance at a multiverse film like we're not talking about like bringing him right back in we're talking about like let him like get a couple more films under his belt but johnny 10 years down the road but johnny 10 years down the road it's going to be other filmmakers why not give somebody else a chance why go back to an old ass filmmaker 
Why do people still want to, uh, to have another Tim Burton Batman film? Because that's just the way people that like certain filmmakers. Who are wants going to that? Like Nobody Black wants Spider. that. I don't want to I see wanna... that. I do. I'd like to see him actually succeed at making another good DC movie. I mean, no. Watchmen was amazing. I'd love to see him like actually make like a like do something like Omega Men or something that's actually hard edge, something that actually fits his darkness, and like just nail it on screen. You know what I mean? Like, Fine. Then, then go make Omega Man or whatever, or a clay figure, or whatever you want to. But leave Batman alone. He had his two movies. He went away. Joel Shitmaker made his two shitty movies. He went away. Then we had the Dark Knight trilogy. Nolan went away. Let different filmmakers have a shot at it. Hey. We might get a good movie out of it. But if you keep going back to the same wall that it's failing, and then you want to pump in another 250 or $300 million on a failed property, that is stupid. That is certified retarded behavior. I don't think Warner Brothers is going to go down that avenue ever again. And this is why they're telling Henry Cavill, hey, slow your roll. Your movies don't exactly break the bank. You know, we, we spent a lot of money and made very little profit on you guys. And you want a raise? To be to have a cameo too, yeah. To have a small role in Shazam, really? The hell out of here with your mustache! Because of your mustache, you ruin Justice League, and you want a raise. <laughs> actually, no. He actually made Justice League kind of watchable for a couple seconds because there's at least something to laugh at when you saw his like. <laughs> and he tired, wants like, a raise? Out. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that's on the studio though why would the studio allow something like that to go to film when you look that bad in cgi that's on the studio completely that i don't blame the actor that's not the actor's fault the studio needed to push that hold off on releasing the movie either let snyder finish it or hold off on it until you could allow the replacement director to come in and actually take his time and do what he wanted to do. You don't do it, you know, don't rush it so that a few studio executives could get their bonuses. That's some bullshit. For real. I mean, I don't understand. They, they have, they have nobody, Warner Brothers has nobody to blame for themselves for the position that they're in right now. And I, and I don't even think you can blame the director. Can't blame Snyder or Whedon because the studio is the ones that is the ones that went ahead and did this and put us all in this situation. So I mean I don't know I I think you know Cavill is coming off of his big hit Mission Impossible and he's got other like projects. Well hold on hold on like once again once again it was a big hit because it's a, a, a franchise that works and has a big star in Tom Cruise. Henry Cavill is not the reason the Mission Impossible is a big hit. Okay, he was good in it, but he's not the reason it was a big hit. But I'll agree with Zod, man. Like, dude, honestly, Justice League should have been shelved. It should have been reshot because the movie that came out did not look like it was filmed by either Zack Snyder or Joss Whedon. It didn't look like anybody besides maybe a college kid shot it. Like when the Flash is running and like those effects of like the when the world's in chaos and stuff, dude, it looked like ass. It's horrible. And I do, I do not think that. Any competent director actually made that film. It's, it's impossible for me, especially as somebody that I've seen Zack Snyder in his prime. And as much as I dislike Joss Whedon, that man can make good visuals. So, like, how did this thing come out? And if it wasn't just shout out for studio money because they wanted to have something to go up against whatever Marvel was putting out. And if you're doing that anyways, what were they planning to Marvel? You know what? They were, they were worried because the, the merger with AT&T was coming up, and they didn't think they would still have jobs 
you know, they weren't sure where their jobs were going to be when the merger came, so they decided we need to rush Justice League out and make sure it gets out so we can get our bonuses for the film. That's what it was. It had nothing to do with the quality. They would have pushed it through even if it wasn't, even if even with the CGI looking like it does. That's well, why the CGI looks like a video game, because they only had, what, six months to finish it all up or less than six months? Because, the and they didn't want to go with, and then they didn't want to go with the stuff that Snyder did. They wanted to do their own thing, and they had they let Whedon do all these reshoots. So, I mean, I you know, I don't see how the studio can blame anybody but themselves on that. That that's for real. They, the stuff they, from Flash TV show when he's running looks ten times better than what was in that film, which I can't even believe I'm saying that like a TV show looked more legit than this incredibly expensive film that they put out. Exactly, and it costs so much money to make it, too. If you ask me, that's the big, their biggest mistake. Okay, you're worried about it, you think you're going to reboot anyway, you know you got another film coming out right after Justice League, just put it out the way it was intended to be put out. Whatever, let the chips fall where they may, because I can honestly say that whatever you think of Snyder, you can't argue that the movie, the movie couldn't Sucked. get any worse than it is. It's pretty, it's a pretty bad movie. So how can you, so, I mean. So I, why would you go back to the world that was a pretty bad movie with, with Snyder? I mean, you just, amen, that's it, keeps closed. That's it, right there. You just said it yourself. It was a bad yeah, movie with Snyder. Yeah, but you don't Snyder. even That's like it. the guy, though, man. It like, doesn't yeah, matter, but I like some of his work. 300 is one of my favorite movies ever. But that's not the point. That's neither here nor there. When you make a bad movie, you make a bad movie, you eat it, you live with it, you sleep with it. That's but they it. didn't That's let him do it. But Warner Brothers didn't do because that. Because they panicked because they had two bad movies. They already had two bad Because they had two bad movies previously. Powering your own argument right now when you said what you just said about Justice League, you, you know. So who's who's at fault? Is it Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, or Warner Brothers? It's a bit of everybody, but uh, Zack Snyder is the biggest culprit. I'm gonna no. blame Henry Cavill because he's the person I like least in all the. You just don't like that mustache. You have a thing. I like I like the mustache. <laughs> that's the only thing that's cool about him. I said the shit. They should have kept the mustache in uh, Justice League, I'm just saying. Yeah, Superman had a mustache in the 70s, and it was when awesome. When he came back to life in the comic books, he had a full mustache and a beard. They could have used it. They could have yep. kept it. But they, they were trying to go away from that. They didn't even want the black-suited Superman scenes that Snyder shot. Even though it would have been, been kind of awkward to have him in the beginning there with a the mustache. That would have been a little bit weird, because you know, at that point, there was no need for the mustache. But they gotten away, if they were going to use that stupid cell phone scene at the beginning... They could have gotten away with his lip looking funny because it was cell phone footage. It was just kids on a cell phone. They could have gotten away with that, but throughout the movie later on, every time you see Superman, his lip is messed up like that. There's no excuse for that. Actually, you know, as a filmmaker, there's a way to shoot that scene, which I think I said here once before, which would have been a whole lot better. If the scene instead of, you know, it focusing the entire time, the, you know, the time of just the very beginning of Justice League, and you know, we're going to spin off to the box office in the second year, guys, but there's a way to, you know, we could have fixed that scene so easily. Instead of focusing on Superman's face the entire time, you know, they should have focused on the kids asking the question, and then only shown Superman from an angle where you see it like his backside, or he's like fighting something, and he stops for a second to answer a question, but he's so far away that the face is not as 
distracting, so you can CGI it better and kind of like have it be like a little bit further away from the camera, so it it, it blends a little bit better and it doesn't kind of have like that goofy expression. And I think that would have you know fixed it. Um, the, you know, there's so many different ways they could have done that a whole lot better, but they didn't. We got what we got. It's over with. Now let's move on. Let's give other filmmakers a chance. That's all I'm saying. Especially if you got to wait another five, six years for another Man of Steel. Just move on. Now uh, let's move on to the top ten list of the week because I also want to get our reactions to these top ten gems that came out this week as uh, box office results are coming in tonight, guys. Number ten on the list, and uh, let's just uh, jump right into it. It's the man with the mustache who we've been talking about for the last hour. That's right. Uh, hey, look, uh, he's a big movie star now, right? He's he's in the movie with Tom. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom what? What? Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom. Yeah, Tom, Tom something. Midget. Yeah, that guy. Little, who's little who's tiny he, Tom Cruise? He, he's, he's like it, best friends. Like best friends with Tom Cruise now too. Who, who is just one of the biggest stars in the world? So maybe his, uh, you know, maybe his. Name and yeah, maybe his name will go and rise in in the A-list series department in Hollywood, and you know maybe one day uh, Henry Cavill will be able to play Superman properly, and people will be excited about it, and maybe he'll have some acting lessons from here to then. <laughs> All right, it's that time again of the week. This is the box office results for the week. Bring it on! And uh, this is brought to you again by our good friend Daniel Garris's BoxOfficeReport.com www.boxofficereport.com for all your latest updates on the world of the box office news and results. And number 10, Mission Impossible with 2.3 million. That drops from number 6 to number 10 this week. And uh, Mission Impossible, well, it's a big hit. It's brought in about 216 million domestically. And that's a big hit. That's, uh, worldwide, it's probably in the 760 million on a, on a 178 million dollar budget, which, uh, is pretty damn good. Uh, worldwide is doing extremely well. Domestically is, uh, probably the biggest Mission Impossible movies. At 216, it's going to be in the biggest domestic, uh, for, for this franchise. And again, it has a, a competent, superstar in the lead role in Tom Cruise and I think he is the reason why this franchise is getting bigger and bigger not Mustache Cavill sorry I, I just don't buy that uh, number 9 this week and new is uh, it's a movie called Unbroken Path to Redemption which brought in 2.3 million also but slightly better than Mission Impossible 3 and it's new to box office and it's uh, number 9 brand new movie have you guys seen this movie yet Unbroken Path to Redemption, no? Never heard of it? Never heard of it. No. Brand new, so. Uh, I think it's got a a dude in the lead. So there you go. Dude in the lead. You, uh, SJW, you know, fans out there who want to see some guys in the lead role because you don't like chicks. According to J.J. Abrams, you don't like chicks. You know, you're bitter. Uh, number eight this weekend, I was number five last week, searching. Uh, but in 3.2 million, it's, uh, fourth week out of release. Uh, Searching, uh, another movie I have not seen. I, I haven't seen a lot of these movies, but John Cho is in this, uh, John Cho, of course, or the Henry, uh, what's that, uh, Kumar and, uh, Harold Kumar. Yeah, there you go, Harold and Kumar. And he plays Sulu in, um, the Star Trek Kelvin movies. Correct, right? yep. Yep, yep. I hear it's really good. Like, I haven't seen it, but, like, a lot of people have told me, like, it's a, it's a good movie. 
It's a low-budget movie. It's probably about $45 million worldwide, so I'm pretty sure they're doing pretty well on that. So Good for, good them. for them. Yeah, good yeah. for them. Uh, let's see. Number eight this week was searching number seven, The Meg, which this movie surprised the hell out of everybody. The Meg, for Warner Brothers, is uh, brought in $3.8 million this week. It's a uh, six-week of release. The Meg was fourth last week. Which uh, was ridiculous. It's putting 137 million on a 130 million dollar budget, but the worldwide figure on this thing is 505 million, with a 368 million foreign numbers, uh, foreign intake, which is ridiculous for a shark movie. This many years after Jaws and Charles Eight or whatever uh, the last Jaws movie was, but hey, the the cast is pretty uh, decent. It's got Jason Statham. Oh, it's it's a, it's a like I told you when I saw it, man. It's a it's a stupid movie, but it's fun as hell, man. Like you'll it, when you finally watch it, you guys will enjoy it. I mean, like it's not quite like Sci-Fi Channel bad, like some people try to say, but it, it's more on the spoofy side. But I mean, like um, Rain Wilson's really good in it. It's got a good cast. It's just it's just kind of a, just a simple, fun little. It's not Sharknado though, right? Yeah. What's up? It's not Sharknado. Uh, well, it's about <laughs> as good as maybe the first two as Sharknado's, but yeah, it's way better than, like, the ones after that. Which is funny, because you know, Sharknado, of course, is made bad on purpose, but in the anyway. Um, let's see, number six this week, we got the movie Peppermint, which brought in six million at the box office, the second week of release. It was number two last week, I've never seen Peppermint. I heard good things, though. Jennifer Gardner's in it, you know, so... That's uh, that's interesting, and she's a pretty good actress. So that's put in $24 million, uh, overall domestically on a $25 million budget. It's already made worldwide $25 million, $26 million around there. On a, and it's, uh, you know, still a movie that might break even. I mean, her movies usually do okay at the end of the box office, but this looks like it's going to break even pretty soon. So Peppermint, number six this week. That's a huge drop, though, from number two to number six. Word. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge drop. But it's on pace to at least break even, so that's good. I mean, it's a low-budget movie, so. Number five, a movie that's made a crap load of money, The uh, the Crazy Rich Asians. Brought in $8.7 million in its uh, fifth week of release. It's dropped, it dropped from number three to number five uh, with $8.7 million. But that movie worldwide is brought in about $187 million? Ridiculous. I mean, it's it's done really well domestically with 150 million in total at the box office, uh, and it's still a 30 million dollar budget, so it's already broken even and made a huge profit. So, congrats on Crazy Asians or Crazy Rich Asians or whatever. Um, haven't seen it. You guys seen it? No, nah, it's 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 supposed to be a really cute rom com, kind of like I guess kind of like an Asian version of my Big Fat Greek Wedding or Mamma Mia type of thing. I like I like I usually like more of the samurai or like the ninja kung fu movies when it comes to my Asian. Yeah, samurai. I haven't seen it either. I don't know. I'm shocked. That's right up your alley, guys. I, mean. I don't know. Like, I, I, I haven't <laughs> really broken into the Asian rom com department yet, though, man. Like, yeah, but Mama Me and my Big Fat Creek Wedding—that's right up your your alley, Johnny. I haven't seen them. I just heard that they were big hits for rom com. I have seen Mamma Mia, but I watched it for Pierce Brosnan, man. I can't help it. That guy cracks me up, especially when he's being cheesy. Best James Bond ever. <laughs> man, you're going to hell for that, dude. 
<laughs> ah, number four this week, and you, it's a movie called White Boy Rick, about an 8.8 million. This is uh, a movie this first week of release, and uh, let's see, budget about 29 million, worldwide it's probably about 8 million, so it's got a long ways to go before it breaks even, but White Boy Rick, starring Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Jason it. Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sit down and watch this. Anything with Becky McConaughey eventually, I'd see. He's a great actor, so let's see, uh, we'll eventually see this movie and maybe drop a review here on the show. Um, let's see, number three this week in a new at the box office, A Simple Favor. Brought in 16 million for Lionsgate Films, first week of release again. A Simple Favor, which costs, I don't know how much to make, but 16 million domestically, 3 million foreign. 19 million worldwide uh, for a first week of release is not too bad, I guess, for a independent movie, which probably costs about 20, 30 million to make. It's uh, a movie with uh, hey, a bunch of chicks. There you go. Is it a, is it a Tyler, new Tyler Perry movie? It kind of has the name of like a new Tyler Perry movie, right? You would think so, but no, no, it's uh, a Paul Feig movie. Oh, worse! I'd actually rather watch Tyler Perry, which explains why it's all chicks. Yeah. Now he's coming a long way. Uh, you know, speaking of downward trend at box office, huh, Paul Feig? He will never direct the big hit movie again. I'm just saying. After Ghostbusters, has he ever directed one before? I think like before that he like movies like Bridesmaids and shit. No, he had like... yeah, they, but they're all chick movies. But they're all like you know pretty big hits. I mean, the Bridesmaid made money, Heat made money, um, Spy made money. And then Ghostbusters flopped and was hated on by everybody and their mothers, mothers, mothers. Even though it made okay, it made more money at the box office than I expected for it to make, but it was a huge failure and they lost money on the movie. So you'll never see a sequel to that Ghostbusters again. Maybe we'll get a reboot in the future. But uh, here he goes again with another chick flick, and uh, this one is uh, not doing very well. So, Paul Feig. Can I ask for it yourself? This is, uh, look, this wasn't a studio mandated movie. That's the movie he actually wanted to make. Which one, Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like, the studio told him Well, movie. it was still Sony. Bl- I, I like to blame Tom Rothman and Amy Pascal for everything, so I'll give him yeah. a little bit of a. Well, S- Sony said, we want to make an all chick uh, Ghostbusters movie, so who can we get? Paul Feig. And then Paul Feig was like, I'll do it. I love the idea. And then they just said, here, do whatever you want with it. And he kind of like screwed the pooch on that one. But uh, let's see, moving on, because I, I hate that dude and I don't want to talk about him because I need publicity. But uh, uh, let's see, number two, The Nun with 18.2 oh, million. Now, The Nun, uh, which is uh, number two, uh, this is on the second week of release. It was number one last week. Uh, you know, this week again, 18.2 million last week. It brought in a a pretty decent amount of money domestically right now. It's at $85 million on a $22 million budget, so it's already more than broken even. Worldwide, it's been about $228 million. So this movie's made a ton of profit. Um, it's joining that conjuring that universe, shared universe they're trying to do. Yeah. Everybody wants to do a shared universe. That's the thing now. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I... I love Everybody. the Conjuring films. The first two are so good, but their spin-offs are awful. Like, this is the last one I'm going to go see. I went and saw that on my birthday last week, and oh my god, dude. Like, I think the second Annabelle movie was actually, like, better than this, but 
Like, it's because the people like you that make these movies, man. Because you actually go watch this crap in theaters and, well, and you kill them your money. I, I really liked The Conjuring Part 2. I thought the nun was like a cool, creepy character. I thought like, oh, well, maybe they might make a good spinoff about her. But Jesus Christ, was I wrong. Next time I have a thought like that, I'm just going to like close my nuts. Wow. Or do just... <laughs> that was just a round of applause, by the way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, moving on. And number one this week. That's right, the Predator. This uh, is movie. this is uh, the what the the fifteenth incarnation of the Predator. We've got so many Predator movies, guys. You know, Alien versus Predator, Predator Two, Predator Three. The Indian brought in twenty four million domestically this uh, past weekend uh, for his first week of release on an eighty eight million dollar budget. I mean, this has to bring about what one hundred eighty million. Worldwide, it ain't gonna do it, man. With the word of mouth it's got, it's gonna be at like number four next week, man. And yeah, just keep dropping there. <laughs> and with twenty-four million, if it drops to even fifty percent, that I mean, that's toast. The only thing that could save it if it has a strong, you know, uh, international, uh, you know, set of legs and it does what the foreign market, then maybe it could be saved as far as you know, bringing back the production cost and you know, you know, bringing a little bit of uh, revenue back. But, That's what they get for making a PG-13 Predator movie. That's all uh, but do did we need to see another Predator movie after we've seen so many already? I mean, did we, sure. did we really need to see another one? We don't need another one. I like not the by Predator. Shane Black. I, I still not, read the comic books because I like them. So yeah, but, like, the, but have we not said enough? I mean, there hasn't been a good Predator movie since the first Predator movie with oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's be honest. I, That's, I like on. part two, and I like the Robert Rodriguez one. I thought those were both pretty good. Like I, I Until on. this one, I just didn't like the AVP movie. I kind of liked all the other ones, but like not, this one, this one's actually as bad as the first Alien versus Predator. Not as yeah, bad. This as one, this one is as bad. This one is as bad as just about anything that's come out this year. You know, it's like whatever. It ain't Jurassic Park too bad. Like that. That. That is still. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I expected. See, see, that's what happens though when they try. Always, whenever they try to turn R-rated franchises into PG-13 uh, movies to try and get more people, they suffer because the movies are not as good. It's been proven. They've done it time and time again. What's going to happen with learn. Venom too? It's going to happen to Venom because Venom's PG-13 now, and that shit's going to suck. It should be R, but it's not going to be. Well, there you go, guys. That's the box office results for this week, September seventeenth or sixteenth, twenty eighteen. Out. Uh, but that's uh, that's it. You know, whoa. You know, no records have been broken this week. It's just a, a bunch of nonsense. It's actually kind of a down week uh, with uh, the predator doing as poorly as it's doing. Uh, hopefully, this is a, a lesson learned by the studios, though. And enough you know, for the predator movies. I mean, we just we, we don't need any more. I don't care if it's Shane Black or if it's uh, Jack Black or it's, uh, you know, Yappe Kodo or it's Spike Lee. I don't care who directs these movies. Just stop making Predator movies for at least 20, 30 years. We don't need them. Apparently the audience doesn't want them. Let's move on to something else and something new. The main issue with Hollywood is there's a lack of creativity, and this movie is a prime example of this lack of creativity going on with Hollywood today. Get used to it, man. We got a whole month of it coming out with the remake of Halloween and the remake of Friday the 13th and all that shit that's coming out in the near future. Oh, boy. Great. Great. Well, hey. (laughs) Yeah. 
remakes and reboots and sequels. That's all it seems that we see, will get. And see, and then you have, and then you know, you have great, you know, you have great uh, science fiction, new science fiction material out there, like, like, uh, you know, like Crystal Storms, Sanarki novels. Those should be movies. Be brand new, brand new material. Pow pow! I agree hundred percent with that. Shout a out new, to Crystal Storms. A new, a new franchise. Come on, man. What happened yeah. to BVS, man? What about Zack Snyder directing a um, Nightmare on Elm Street movie? He sure gets those dream sequences down good. I'm down for it. Actually, when I was watching that movie, I kept expecting Freddy to show up with all the damn dreaming that was going on in that film. So. <laughs> that could have would have been great. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. With that said, guys, we're moving on for the evening. We'll catch you guys next week right here on the Roundtable Show. It'll be a whole lot of fun, so join us for the ride uh, live at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, as usual, right here live on PSN Radio. That's www.psn-radio.com, 10 p.m. Eastern. And remember, go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, give us a thumb like, you know, thumbs up, like our page. We're going to drop this uh, on YouTube eventually as well plus all kinds of goodies that we have going for the YouTube channel. Uh, so check back on the main website, roundtableshow.com, for further information on this show and what we got coming up. Love having you guys on. Thanks uh, to, to Zod Ryder and Johnny Alpha for being here this week with me. I am the Jackal. This is the Roundtable. Until next week, folks, we'll see you guys around. Stay keep, classy. Keep it classy. Peace, everybody. <laughs>